This is the whole effing show, Rob Van Dam. You're listening to, you know it, that's right, another wrestling podcast. It's time for uh, another wrestling podcast. Alright, alright, alright. Welcome to another wrestling podcast, episode 192. I'm your Mark of Marks, Credo. And I'm Minority Mike. And I'm the social assassin, Angry Cooter, reminding you all, bitches, don't tug your peckers. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> uh, was, that, was that too much? <laughs> so it's getting a little too long, I know, I know. I'm sorry. Gotta I'll try have... to shorten it up next week. Gotta remind everybody. Welcome back, Mike, uh, from Parts Unknown. Uh, it's great to have you back, especially with this uh, angry cooter guy uh, tugging his pecker every so often. It's good, good to be back. I've been kind of on my deathbed lately. You know, it's, get, I got that little bug that's been going around. I'm still kind of feeling it tonight, but I'm here and I'm ready to go. I'm kind of thanking God that we uh, took last week off. And we didn't have to talk about Enzo's fucking great rap video. <laughs> yeah, a new one dropped. A new one just dropped an hour ago. Ooh, oh, stop it. Go watch kidding? it. I'm excited. It, it, <laughs> I was listening to it before we started recording, and it is horrible. Fucking Credo's first favorite new rap song since the 90s, for Christ's sake. I love it, but you know, I actually just unfollowed him on Instagram because I hate it when people post like 20 fucking things in a row and that's all you see. And I'm like, no, uh-uh. So I just unfollowed him because he posted like a lot of shit. And that, that's my whole feed. It was just... Enzo Amore and like, hey man, sorry, I love that first video. I thought it was, I thought it was funny. Uh, but no, just fucking stop well, killing the feeds. Sec- that second video, I literally just watched it. It was terrible. It, <laughs> it was likes- uh, this gen, this generation of kids that like that six nine fucking dude. Like they're gonna love this, and <laughs> I absolutely fucking hate it. Oh, but could you imagine he becomes like one of the biggest rap stars that are like. I won't be surprised. I know where it's like you know it's not that good, but at the same time it's just like this kind of following where it's like they don't really care. It's just like they just want. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Uh, but anyway, I try. Yeah, I'm telling you, I tried listening to Hot 97 recently. I can't do it no more. The rap we grew up on. Oh my god, completely different. Holy shit. Have we entered old man stage like back in my day? I'm starting to sound like my dad. Wait, turn that <laughs> shitty ass. Music this is on. what I'm listening to right now. Yo, thank God you guys can't see Creed. Hold on. Uh, there was just a line here. He's literally nodding his head like, oh, this there is the hottest shit he's ever heard. There was just a line here where they said, where he says, they never wished me luck on my future endeavors. Oh. Hold on. I'm going to replay that real quick. All Hold in? On. Could we see Enzo Mori at all in? Oh, I got I to gotta bring that back a little bit. Here it comes. <laughs> he reminds me of like old dirty bastard meets fucking wheezy fucking meat. It's like he's I don't know. I just hear like all these different rappers he's in him. He's a white it's... trashy guy who's on meth. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Look, we're giving him more, more, uh, more popularity. We're talking about him. We're, we're keeping up, uh, keeping up the hype. But anyway, if you kids out there ever get charged a rape, go start a rap album because that's what a that's the thing. That's oh a my thing to god! Do. <laughs> 
Anyway, Send all your hate tweets. Well, first at of all, Trudeau. if you get charged, if you get charged, just make sure <laughs> the charges don't stick. I know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyway, guys, uh, before we just dig a deeper hole, let's get right into the week that was, <laughs> shall we? It's fight week. Are you excited? CM Punk and Cole Cabana, they defeated WWE Doctor uh, in court. They, they won their case. They're not going to get sued for several million dollars, which uh, Chris Mann wanted in damages for fucking... I couldn't believe, but uh, hey, the jury found them not guilty. During fight week, what, what, what do you think about this? Because that probably couldn't have been the best or anything that he really needed uh, to prepare for the fight this weekend, right, Mike? I mean, it's probably the last thing he needed this week. No, not at all, especially on a fight week. This is a very big week for CM Punk. This is a fight that's coming up that he can prove to everybody that, you know, that loss to Mickey Gall, you know, wasn't as bad and he's improved. Coming from the fight game, one thing that they always teach you is you have to have tunnel vision, especially the week of the fight. Like you can't let anything distract you. You have to be focused. That is your number one destination is that Saturday night. You don't even think about things after Saturday night. If you look at a calendar, the, that Saturday night is the last day on that calendar that you have to worry about. You worry about everything after that Saturday. The week of, it's just weight cutting, getting ready, staying focused, keeping your mind right. I mean, sitting in a courtroom for a majority I, I don't know how long it went on for. I, I know that it wrapped up, I believe, on Tuesday. But even that, in the beginning of the week, it's still the be- it's still your fight week. You have to have a good psyche and a good mental game. And I, I don't know. I, I know what it's like to be distracted, and I know what it's like to be in a fight week and deal with drama. And it's the worst thing going into a fight. I, I've experienced it. So I, I don't know. I don't know how to f- how I feel about this. I mean, you got a guy like Mike Jackson who's preparing for the biggest fight of his life. He has something he has to prove because he's an 0-1 fighter. And then you got CM Punk who's sitting in a courtroom majority of the week. And I don't know, man. I really don't know. I mean, on paper, this looks like it's going to be one of the worst fights in history of the UFC, but it's going to be the worst fight in history of UFC. I mean, we'll just see. I think Mike Jackson just has the edge in there because I think he's focused I don't know, man. You guys talk about this, and all I can think of is poor fucking Cole Cabana. God, <laughs> how much money does this poor son of a bitch have to spend on lawyers and get dragged into this bullshit because of an interview? I, I hate how he's even in this lawsuit. What the fuck does he have to do with what CM Punk did? He interviewed the guy. How is he responsible? I don't understand this. I mean, he doesn't have... I don't know what kind of money he has, but... I would assume that maybe he's not as maybe lucrative as as a CM Punk. That's gonna suck. No, for sure. And you know what's funny is I was trying to find the exact amount, uh, but what what was happening? He wanted to sue them basically for every download the show had. So it was I forget the exact price for every episode. So like if you have five thousand clicks, he wanted to charge per click. So he was you know for. Uh, uh, for damages or whatever. So for every click the podcast had, that's what he was like trying to get money out of. Then it, it equaled up to like $7 million or something like that. So, oh my goodness. 
they they lucked out, man. It's in this day and age, they definitely lucked out with that. And I heard uh, some guy was tweeting during the live thing of it too about you know uh, the play by play of what was going on, and they said that as soon as they read the the not guilty verdict, a, a man just ducked his head in shame, like he was like fuck, you know, like he thought he was gonna win and. Nope. What just happens now when you lose like that that kind of a lawsuit? Does WWE they, they still keep him on, or I don't even know if he's still even working for them, or what's going on? He, he doesn't work for them anymore. But no. I mean, there 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 was talk from the the interwebs that they were the ones paying for the lawsuit for this dude. So that's alleged. Of course, I don't know that for a fact, but I mean. It would make sense, and maybe it wouldn't. Who the fuck knows? Uh, yeah, it says a man told the jurors that he was harassed and humiliated by fans and that the podcast hurt his standing with patience. Uh, however, the WWE ringside physician couldn't point to any monetary damages, and he remains employed by the company. So, uh, oh, okay. he just worked for him. Okay. No, yeah. So, uh, anyway, at the end of the day, they won this. But, I mean, uh, it's like I said, man, it's fight week. UFC uh, 225 this Saturday. Uh, but, you know, what's funny is uh, I kind of like this because both of the guys are 0-1. They both lost to the same guy, uh, right? Uh, Mickey Gall beat both of these guys. So uh, I wonder if Mickey Gall will be their ringside just to see uh, which one of the losers will, will win Mickey this. Mickey Gall has better things to do. Yeah. <laughs> Then watch these two zero and one clowns. I mean, he beat Mike Jackson in forty five seconds. I want to say, um, and then he beat CM Punk. I mean, it was two minutes and something seconds, but it was an ass whooping. It, mm. <laughs> I, I'm gonna watch this fight just just for the fact that <laughs> I, I just want to s- see how terrible this fight is gonna be. I can, I can imagine if Vince was Dana White and he was booking this shit, it'd be like. I got a great idea. Let's open the fight night with a battle of the bums. An <laughs> 0-1 versus an 0-1. I mean, I, I, I was watching the open workouts the other day, and I just found it so funny. And and for those people that don't really pay attention, fight week is a big week with the UFC. They, they make like the open workouts for the public. Like The fighter goes on stage with his cornermen and his coaches, and they work mitts. They work some wrestling, some jujitsu, you know, nothing crazy. Um, so Mike Jackson gets on stage, and I'm not going to lie. When he's hitting mitts, he actually looks pretty decent. Like He doesn't look terrible at all. And then CM Punk... He didn't even work out. He goes up there and does a Q&A. He did not work out in front of the people. Mm. He, he just wouldn't work out. And and they have the choice. They can go out there. They, they have to make a presence at those open workouts. They technically don't have to work out, I guess, as from what I saw. Or maybe CM Punk got like you know a freebie and got out of it. But I just found it funny how Mike Jackson went up there and he's busting sweat and busting his ass in his open workout. And then when CM Punk's turn, he just goes up there and, and does a, a Q&A. Does <laughs> <laughs> what he does best, run his fucking mouth. <laughs> well, how about this, guys? Let's play, uh, let's play both sides of the aisle, if you will. Mike, I want you to pick what happens if he loses. Cooter, I want you to pick what happens if he wins. So at the end of the day, we walk out of t- uh, UFC 225 this weekend. CM Punk loses, Mike. Uh, what's the aftermath? Does he is he he's pretty much over with UFC? Does he still continue to fight in some kind of MMA, or are we going to see him walk back to WWE or Cooter? If he wins, what's next for it? So I mean, uh, Mike, what do you think if he loses? 
If he if he loses, he's getting cut, no doubt about it. They're they're not going to give him another fight. Um, I guarantee you, Bellator will scoop him up very quickly because Bellator is like the the WCW to the WWE as what they are to the UFC. That's that's the comparison. They are like the sideshow. I mean, they're still giving Ken Shamrock fights. And Ken Shamrock is like 60-something years old. It's a crazy senile. I don't know how the athletic commissions got him approved. Uh, they, that was the fight where it was Kim or the, the promotion at Kimbo Slice versus Dada 5000, which was probably one of the worst fights in history of MMA. So I, I'm sure Bellator will scoop up CM Punk because they know it's going to pull in ratings. And if that doesn't happen, then... He might fight for some small promotions. I, I think he's stupid if he doesn't go back to the WWE. Or not even the WWE, just go back to professional wrestling. But I, he's going to get scooped up by Bellator. I, that's my thoughts. All right. Cooter, he's winning this weekend. If he wins, what uh, what do you think uh, his path after this then? I think he still gets cut. <laughs> he wins and that's it. No, let's, let's, realistically, all right, we we gave him a shot against, against Mikey Gall. And he got his ass whooped. So, okay. He's got a contract on the fight. Let's put him up against... Uh, if this guy didn't exist and wasn't an 0-1 fighter who also got beat by Mikey Gall in his first fight, this fight wouldn't even be happening. I will guarantee you that. It's an interesting story. A battle of the bums, two fuckboys who got their asses beat by the same dude in their first fight. It's a great story. Let's open the show with it, and it, it'll draw. And then after that, in UFC, even if he wins this battle of the bums, there's no fight out there that I really want to see him in. You, you know, it, it's funny you bring that up, and like, not that no one's gonna care for this, but a, a little feud started, but and, and a lot of name, a lot of people won't know this name. Uh, uh, Cooter, you you'll definitely know this name, Colby Covington. Okay. Um, he's fighting for <laughs> the interim title, and Colby Covington is what Conor McGregor is. He's just hilarious. He. He pretty much ruined the 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 ending of Avengers for everybody, and he calls everybody like virgin nerds. And, and no, he, he did the Star Wars too. Remember and he did Star Wars too? He, he's just ruining it for everybody, and he's the ultimate villain. Like he just doesn't give a fuck like that. So he goes on stage in Chicago, and he just not only bashes Chicago, bashes their deep dish pizza, but then he bashes CM Punk. And, that. and so then when CM Punk goes out there and does something, he he cuts a promo. He's like, I've been traveling the world every, every day, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And I went to every city and told everybody that they sucked. And this guy comes and he's from fucking Florida. Was like, he said some something along the lines and he pretty much bashed Colby Covington. And I can only imagine what Colby Covington's Twitter looks like right now because he's probably unleashing havoc. And, hey, there you go. There's a fight right there. Not, I mean, CM Punk will not even last a minute, but they're they're planting some seeds. You know, they're, they're nobody would pay to bill. see that. You're probably right. You're probably that's, right. That, that's like <laughs> here. Let's lay a guy down on the train tracks, tie him down there so he can't move, and just let a train run over him. I just wanted to talk about Colby Covington. That guy's fucking hilarious. He deserve. He belongs. <laughs> I'm, to I'm actually <laughs> looking for the tweet. It is such a great tweet. When he ruined Avengers? No, when he ruined fucking um, Star Wars. Oh, okay. Because he ruined Avengers for everybody, too. Oh, which this is, wait. When uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi was released in theaters, 
Saved you nudes. Saved you nerds. Two hours and thirty three minutes of your virgin lives. You're welcome. Luke Skywalker dies. <laughs> like, oh my god, what the fuck? Who does he's that? He's pretty much he's pretty much the like uh, for professional wrestling. Like, if he was a professional wrestler, he'd be like the guy who just makes fun of the marks. Like that. That's pretty much what he's doing. He's making fun of internet nerds that sit in their mom's basement and and ask for meatloaf and are on the computers like that. That are virgins. Like he goes off. It, it's it's like the Triple H promo, right? <laughs> well, uh, me but, and my friend Mark are gonna tweet our displeasure. <laughs> well, back to the whole CM Punk situation too. But uh, at the end of the day, guys, it, it, he wins, he loses. Uh, people are saying they want to see him at All In uh, in September, Chicago. He's answered it already. He said he has no interest. Uh, he said nobody's even specifically asked him to do anything. I know he could just be working everybody. That's what we want us to, to think. But uh, if he doesn't go to that, he doesn't go to WWE, I don't know. Uh, he's got to make money somehow, right? Or do you think he just has enough money after that first big loss? of uh, How much did he make on that? It was definitely uh, a lot of money, right? Even though he, he lost? I think it made like four hundred grand. I'm sure CM Punk has a lot of fuck you money. Yeah, <laughs> um, he, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who really splurges on himself. You know, I mean, he seems like a dude who'd be smart with his money. You mm-hmm. know. All right. Well, either way, we'll see what happens this weekend. Best of luck to CM Punk. Uh, Cooter, it's been eight years since he retired from in-ring competition, but Shawn Michaels says uh, he'd consider stepping back in the ring for one more match if it was done the right way. Uh, He recently spoke to Sky Sports to promote an upcoming appearance in London as part of the United Kingdom Championship Tournament, Uh, and he said uh, it would would have to be done the right way and uh, just for one match rather than something that ran for longer adding it could be possible but people would have to accept that uh, they wouldn't be getting the showstopper Mr. Wrestlemania. Uh, Michael said goodbye to WWE Universe and in-ring action in 2010. I can't believe it's been that long uh, after he was retired by The Undertaker. So uh, if a dream match were to occur, who would Michaels want to, to be in the ring with? Michael says AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan would be good. And then there's guys in NXT too. Someone like Johnny Gargano would be fantastic. Uh, nevertheless, HBK noted one more match is much more likely to be a t- team situation where Hunter and I can just do a few crotch chops and have fun. Uh, but at the end of the day, he'd be down for it. Uh, guys, would you like to see Shawn Michaels do one more match, or is he just too much of a, a shell of what he used to be? I'm glad he went out when he did. He went on in his terms. I don't want this to happen. You know, I, I, I like the way he did it. That was the perfect ending. And he swore up and down he wasn't going to do it. I hope he sticks to his guns. I mean, it's just, he's 51 now, isn't he? At this point, I mean, he's, up there. he's way up there. I mean, four or five years ago, if he would have had one more match, three years after retirement, all right, one last grand hurrah. Even him at WrestleMania when he did the run-in with Austin and, and Mankind, that was that was a good enough, like, one more time for me. I... I of course, who wouldn't want to have seen Shawn Michaels and Seth Rollins or Shawn Michaels and AJ Styles? I would have loved to have seen that, but realistically, it just wouldn't be as good as you would hope. It's, it's, you're destined for failure. If you're going to have Shawn Michaels come back, we might as well book Undertaker versus Sting too. Mm. Let's, let's, let's be honest. That, it, that's on the same lines for me. It's something I would have loved to have seen, 
10 fucking years ago. But if we're going to book Shawn Michaels in a match at this point, let's book that too. And let's give you, let's get even more ridiculous and have Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan one more time because you know what? That would be fantastic too. <laughs> Don't fucking do it. Stick to your guns. Stay retired. You went out perfect. It, it's, they're going to do it. Um, they got to do it correctly. I mean, I agree with Cooter. I don't, I don't want to see it if he's not going to be the Shawn Michaels of old. Of old. And not, I'm not talking about old of old age. I'm talking about old, like back in the day old. Um, but I, I heard Bully Ray mention this, and it, it really struck some intrigue and some interest. So there's no point to put him against a guy like AJ, a guy like Daniel Bryan, because those are baby faces. And, and what is that going to do? I mean, granted, those are dream matches. And those, and then Daniel Bryan has a story. I mean, that, he was his old trainer. But you got one of the biggest baby faces in the company versus one of the biggest baby face legends. It just doesn't work well. If you're going to put Shawn Michaels against somebody, put him against one of the top heels in, your comp- in the company. I, I think if you're going to put him against somebody, put him against a guy like... Tommaso Ciampa, who has probably one of the best heat in the company right now. I mean, granted, like Shawn Michaels is known for being a big ambassador of Johnny Gargano and, mm. and supporting him and all this stuff. So what if that, you know, if they wanted to do a story, they, they could do something where, you know, Tommaso Ciampa finds it disrespectful that Shawn Michaels is constantly up kissing Johnny Gargano's asses and one day just takes him out and boom, there you go. I mean, just the heat that Gar- that uh, Chama- Tommaso Ciampa gets from walking out. The guy doesn't even have entrance music. He walks out to the sound of the crowd chanting asshole or booing him. Just imagine <laughs> the ultimate evil versus a legend coming back for one night only. I mean, I, I, that would be the perfect way to book it. You have to book him against like a really strong evil heel. It, if, but if that's going to happen. Yeah. That, I mean, I, I really like that scenario. What if... If we're going to throw out a what if. And based off of what you said, putting them up against the heel, I would go a different direction only because I think Tommaso might work too fast for a guy his age. And and I don't mean to cut you off, but I think if you're going to do the Tommaso Ciampa match, it, it unfortunately, it wouldn't be able to be on a WWE stage. It would have to be on NXT because the NXT fans know how to react to Tommaso Ciampa when he comes out. That's true. If you're going to do it, what about... Kevin Owens, because Kevin Owens can make anybody look good. He's up there. He's a great worker, but he's also a bigger guy and a little bit slower than, say, somebody like a Tommaso Ciampa or Johnny Gargano. He It, it would look more believable because he works slower, and, and, and Sean wouldn't have to, you know, be as fast as he would have to be up against somebody like a Gargano or a Ciampa. Just a thought. I don't know. If that would be and, – and, I could see them tearing the house down if if you're going to throw them up against the heel. If you're going to do it, make it a little bit of a bigger guy who's going to work a slower pace so Sean can keep up. There you go. Uh, Guys, you know, between wrestling this week, one of the weird things that stood out to me was Constable Corbin. Oh, Uh, fuck. (laughs) Why why are we talking about Constable Corbin? Uh, I I have to know your your, your thoughts on this because it's just like... He didn't need this. I don't think he needed this at all. Is it just really lazy writing? What is going on to where, uh, you know, like I said, this week on uh, on Raw, uh, he, Baron Corbin was announced as the new Constable of Raw. 
<laughs> Over the years, you know, Raw has been led by general managers, commissioners, administrative assistants, and now a constable. Uh, constipated Corbin is, <laughs> to be more specific, probably. <laughs> uh, so he's ruling for Stephanie McMahon. Uh, guys, I don't. At the end of the day, if this leads to like a Kurt Angle versus Con- Constable Corbin. I, I don't. I don't need to see that. But it's just we don't have anything to do for him. We have no idea how to book him right now. That we have to give him this kind of like ridiculous task. Is it? Is it even needed? A constable is a peace officer. I had to Google it, guys. I'm sorry. I had hey. to Google it. It's a peace. A peace officer with limited policing and authority. Typically in a small town, <laughs> oh, man. I, they had nothing for him, I guess. I mean, and I mean, and, and we've had this discussion of like how this draft and this lot, whatever they did, is just, they stacked up raw because it's three hours and like people are going to get lost in the shuffle. And this is a prime example. One of the guys being a guy like Baron Corbin. I mean, they're, they're putting him in his role as a constant. Oh my god. It's it's just so bad. Raw was absolutely horrendous, by the way, and this just made it even worse. <laughs> oh God! I mean, thank God we're not doing a, an Angry Cooter mixtape because I I mean, there was nothing from that show that, that like was ugh, great. There were some good things, but there was just so much bad. It was like a chore watching it on Monday. It felt like a chore. And then when I saw Baron Corbin come on the screen as your constable, it like it just it did not fit Baron Corbin because that's not who he is. That's not his character. He's when they did when they built him up in NXT, he was Lone Wolf. And they did a great job building him up as a heel there. And then when he first came to the main roster, they were going in the right direction. And and then he won the money in the bank. And then he, I guess, pissed off John Cena, um, allegedly. Uh, and then now he's the constable of Raw. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the, the moral of the story is uh, don't piss off John Cena. Can uh, we can we be can we be honest about a lot of things? Raw was pretty atrocious. Can we all agree that SmackDown wasn't much fucking better? Hmm. Well, SmackDown, have, SmackDown doesn't have a constable. <laughs> oh no, we we just got dance contests between Lana and fucking uh, Trinity Fatu, but that was last week. But even then, this week, holy fuck! Oh. Like like how they uh, like how we just said that everybody gets lost on the shuffle and Raw because they stacked up that roster. The roster on SmackDown is kind of limited, so they have to find shit to fill time with. I'm so happy that. Guys like Authors of Pain and Sanity haven't been on TV yet because they have nothing for them. And I'm glad that they're not on TV right now. Because the last thing I want to see is the Authors of Pain being constables of Raw <laughs> or or being in a barbecue segment uh. or Sanity participating in, in like a battle – like a, a jobber battle royal. I don't want to see that. And so I'm happy those guys are being kept off TV right now. 
so I, I think Baron Corbin might be wishing that he's also being kept off TV right now. I <laughs> know. Uh, it, it's just amazing how we get to this this place right now. But anyway, uh, guys, The Undertaker is set to make his Madison Square Garden return. Uh, I, I, just July... started walking down 42nd Street. <laughs> he just started already. Uh, he's going to be there on July 7th. Um, I think, what's he, Taker most recently appeared in the WWE at the Greatest Royal Rumble where he defeated Rusev in a casket match. A few weeks earlier, he made a short work of John Cena at WrestleMania. Now we're seeing him return to MSG. Uh, guys, uh, I don't know. He's becoming more than once a year, even though he probably shouldn't be still going. Uh, are you excited? Do you want to see The Undertaker at, Wrestle, uh, at Madison Square Garden? Moving along. What's next? <laughs> That's how I feel. I, I can't. I don't care. It, it, we're wasting an appearance on a house show. Is it? Are ticket sales for WWE in the Garden that bad where we have to dig up The Undertaker, put him in his wheelchair, and push him down the ramp? Are we fucking kidding me right now? I, I don't I don't care. I don't I give don't a know. fuck. He's, he's walking down 42nd Street right now. He's already started. He <laughs> fell three times already. Well, you know, you, you fall three times, you get up four times. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's and if, a... you, if you fall down three times... Going down 42nd Street, maybe someone will put some change in his hat. He's walking he's now. Like, oh, he already <laughs> fell, right? And now he sat up, and he's getting up all slow. Oh, That's almost... normal in New York City. Homeless people and drunk assholes Nobody fall knows down. And... Undertaker. Yeah, he just fits right fucking in, bro. <laughs> I think they're one of those like street like characters. He's just like, trying to be <laughs> extra money. Well, as you can see, everybody, we are excited for the Undertaker return coming July seventh. Yeah, uh, July July seventh is my birthday. I'm not going to that. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna get drunk somewhere. There you Atta go. Girl. Well, you guys, you know, you said Raw sucked. SmackDown wasn't even better. But hey, Leo Rush is headed to 205 Live, and uh, what do you think about this? Because this guy's uh, pretty amazing, and uh, he kind of was in NXT for like two weeks, and now he stumbled onto 205 Live. Are you excited for? The rush to happen. I just, I just want to know how the locker room is going to treat him after that tweet about Emma. <laughs> oh my god! Like, that was, was, why is everybody making a fucking big deal out of that? I, you know what? I mean, th- that locker room, like they stick together. I won't be surprised if he's changing in the hallway for now. I just still will tell everybody to suck my dick. I mean, when when it wasn't the, I'm not talking about the fans. I'm talking when he released that tweet. I mean, superstars were getting at him like main roster superstars. So I I can only imagine, you know, him showing up on the SmackDown roster, you know, because it, Two of five is filmed right after SmackDown, and lad, buddy, you you got to change right over there, like behind the crates and like this little hallway. You're not welcome in his locker room. I mean, but besides that, though. Put that aside. The guy is an amazing talent. Don't get me wrong. He's absolutely amazing. So I, I think it's a great addition to 205 Live. I it just I can't wait to hear the locker room heat stories that are going to be coming out soon. I really don't give a fuck. Don't get me wrong. I love me some Emma. I thought Emma should have never. That was such a shock. But let's be completely honest. That was a fucking awesome tweet. That was hilarious. I thought it was great. All right, I get why somebody would be pissed off, but you know what? So, something has to be the butt of a joke. That's what a joke is. It's against somebody's expense. Oh, it was poor poor Emma. Like, Gotta seriously. remember how this world is today. Exactly. I don't give a fuck. Fuck that shit. But that being said, I'm so happy. Because 205 Live, 
It's probably the best show this week. And NXT is a close second behind it. The the fucking the main event with with uh Oh my god, who was in the main event? It was Buddy Murphy and uh Mustafa Ali. And now you got your boy Kenta. They're, they're finally doing stuff with these guys. They're, they're having good storylines. And these matches have been amazing. Small, basic stories and, and fucking just amazing matches. And, and they're not overproducing everything. It's just, okay, do your shit. Dude, your boy Drew Gulak had me in tears t- fucking this week. I love Drew Gulak. <laughs> My man was on the microphone doing commentary and fucking uh, during the Lucha House Party match. And he's calling Lince Dorado... Lindsay Dorito. <laughs> yep. Fucking greatest thing ever. I was in tears crying, laughing so fucking hard. He is just comedic gold. And, dude, the in-ring product just keeps getting better and better every week. Buddy Murphy, I did not know. Who the fuck would have called this? I know, I've man. heard nothing but good things about him when he was working house shows for NXT. Um, I, but I got a question for you guys, and this is kind of like off the cuff, but it just made me think, you know, with the addition of a guy like Leo Rush, and then you just mentioned guys like Drew Gulak, Mustafa Lee. I mean, that 205 live roster is pretty stacked with talent. It's I mean, getting there. And you got more guys coming in, too. Do you think that brand 205 Live, do you think they need a secondary title just to keep things going there? Or can they just survive with just one title? Yeah, I, I, you know, as it's growing, it's going to be interesting because it's, it's going to be like, what are these guys working for? To where, yeah, that Cruiserweight Championship should be treated as the WWE Heavyweight Championship, you know, like the main title. Uh, I, I don't know about like a like a like an intercontinental championship or something like that as a secondary title. But I think even, you know, uh, I think they're going to be having, uh, be having like, uh, tag team cruiserweight championships. Cause I mean, it kind of makes sense with the abundance of talent to at least have a tag team. I don't think they need a secondary championship because I, I don't know for a show like that. It's not a, a huge roster. You put a secondary championship on there, I think it's kind of going to water down your cruiserweight championship. So I think you need that cruiserweight championship, but I think just introducing tag team titles will probably help out that field, especially a lot of guys that just aren't doing anything, and uh, it might just help. But anything other than that, I I think it's going to be overkill. I think just at least a tag team championship. I think 205 Live could be one of the best shows that WWE has. I would like to see it longer. I would love to see a 90-minute show. And you know what? I wouldn't mind if it was taped like NXT. I think if they brought that to a, a smaller market, if you brought it to Full Sail or if you taped that at, at center stage in Atlanta where the fans will actually appreciate those matches, you know, uh, it makes it more exciting to watch on TV when the crowd is really into it because a lot of these crowds are just dead. I mean, I watch, I watch 205 Live sometimes. Um <sighs> And, and I'll mute it because sometimes those crowds are bummers, man. Like, I don't know if it was just me. I'm, I don't mean to cut you off. Um, but did you notice that, like, when they did, like, the shots, um, that they darkened the crowd a lot more? That you couldn't even see the crowd? They, like, really dimmed the lights on the crowd. Yes, and they also fucking shot at very different camera angles when it came time for 205 Live. A lot of corner shots. It was very yeah. strange. That's because I, I believe a lot of people just left right after SmackDown. It's crazy. That's why I'm I'm like, that's exactly why I I say you need to bring it to an audience that's going to appreciate it more and really get behind it. That could be as popular as NXT if more people who watch it see that there's a crowd behind it. You know what I mean? 
it, it makes it it makes it more watchable when, when people are actually excited for what's going on. It, it is turning into something a lot better than what it used to be. So I'm excited for it. I'm still not a fan of the name, but I, I, I sick I'm sick of live on top of everything smackdown live 205 live we get it it's live uh but anyway uh guys that was the week that was stay tuned because we have a a former ecw triple crown champion joining us mikey whipwreck marky guy was sharon and sharon got sharia she was sharing sharon's outlook on the topic of disease mikey had a facial scar and bobby was a racist they were all in love with dying they were doing it in texas Tommy played piano like a kid out in the rain Then he lost his leg in Dallas He was dancing with the train They were all in love with dying They were drinking from a fountain That was pouring like an avalanche Coming down the mountain I don't mind the sun sometimes it shows I can taste you on my lips And smell you in my clothes Cinnamon and sugar And softly spoken lies all right, joining us today, it was an ECW original, a former ECW World Heavyweight Champion, an ECW TV Champion, Tag Team Champion, the third ever ECW Triple Crown Champion. He is Mikey Whipwreck. Mikey, thanks so much for joining us. Good evening. <laughs> I am shocked we made this happen tonight. I fully expected one of us to have something come up. And it would be a postponement yet again. Oh, my goodness. If uh, everybody out there, I mean, it's it's not like we're just talking for the first time tonight. We know I had a we had a range of time where, where all the moons could align, that we could finally talk to each other. Uh, we tried and tried for weeks. We got interrupted by a huge storm, which was technically like tornadoes shut down uh, a lot of the tri-state area up in our in up our up in our woods. So trust me when you don't believe this right now this has been a, a long time in the making if you will so uh, thanks so much for joining us finally mikey yes it's it's my pleasure finally uh i like to think of myself as somewhat exclusive but this took it to a whole new <laughs> a whole new level <laughs> well thank you so much but uh, uh i mean where to start with this i mean after all that i think just to go back to the beginning with you how did you get into this crazy world of pro wrestling well it started because uh i was a rat and no, I was not a rat. Is that even is, even, is that even appropriate nowadays to say that? <laughs> or is that politically incorrect? Is my TV show going to get canceled now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. No, I was actually trained by Sonny Blaze, Sonny, who was a friend of McFoley's. I don't know friend is the word. Maybe an acquaintance, I guess, was the word. But my friend, Storman Norman, he actually went to Sonny's school. And... You know, Mike, he paid, you know, he paid the tuition and everything else. But being I was five foot nine, you know, 165 pounds, there was really no chance for me to be in the business at all. Mm -hmm. So he wouldn't charge me. He said, you know, clean the gym, you know, things like that, you know, fix the ring when it breaks, things like that. And then you you could train for free. I said, okay, cool. So he, you know, he, we kind of, we kind of did that for a little bit. And then ECW rented Sunday Blaze's ring one time and I would do ring crew. And we would just like put the ropes up, put the ring up, test it out when we were done. And I think I did like a backflip off the top. And uh, Joey Styles saw it, called Paulie, and I got the old question, hey, you want to wrestle? And I said, okay. And that was it. 
Wow. Uh, e easy enough. Uh, now, are you getting to this uh, whole world of wrestling? You found your way into ECW. Uh, what 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 made what drew you to maybe ECW at that time? Uh, they rented Sunny Blazes Ring. <laughs> easy enough. I, I, yeah, I I had never heard of them before. I I was never really into the indie wrestling. I didn't really experience it um, until ECW started. Mm -hmm. You know, you, I, we'd have like the uh, who was the who was the promoter out in Long Island? I can't remember his name. But you have like Taz and Tommy Dream and them. I never really met them mm -hmm. until I started hanging out with Sonny Blaze and you know, kind of. Oh God, there's like other wrestling besides WWF and like WCW, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, you see about stuff in the magazines, but I just figured out, uh, you know, it's small rinky dink stuff. It doesn't really mean anything. But once I once I saw ECW, you know, I I did like maybe two shows on Ring Crew before I actually started wrestling down there, and I mean it was just it was just fucking crazy, you know, it was just, <laughs> un, it was just unbelievable. Like I, I can't believe like this is a real thing. <laughs> Now, it, it was just really cool. No, definitely. And you were, I mean, you were uh, on the ECW roster at the height of its popularity, too. I mean, just to be there at that time, at that moment. Uh, I mean, what, what was it like, I mean, I guess for you with everything else happening around? Because, I mean, now you guys are pretty much being considered to be competition for, you know, WWE, uh, WCW and, and whatnot. What did it feel like that this was growing into such a big thing as it was? You know, it was weird because we were so in the middle of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it didn't really, it didn't really hit me till like years later about like the, the, you know, the impact we made on the business. You know, I thought it was just, Oh, we you know we do a thing. We have a cool little thing going, but I never really, you know, took notice. I never really actually considered this competition to WWF or WCW was kind of, we were like a little nuisance, mm -hmm. a, little, a little pet, you know, cause either one of them really, if they wanted to could have squashed us like a bug. <laughs> they really wanted to, you know. Sure. But, you know, looking back, it was great. You know, at the time, it was, it was a really great time. But I, I didn't actually, you know, think of it as we were making a difference mm -hmm. until years later when I sat back and kind of realized what was going on. No, oh, sure. Uh, now, you know, our back, uh, our backyard is Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, uh, I like to ask everybody, especially if they've been up here a few times, you, ECW uh, did a handful of pay-per-views up here and ECW events. Uh the name Poughkeepsie, when I say that, does it bring back any kind of memory? Do you remember anything from being up here uh, at all? I don't know. Any, any kind of any kind of memory for any, any of the fans listening? I remember I was there for Monday Night Raw when the 1-2-3 kid That's right. beat Razor Ramon. Yep. That was there, right? <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, the money, there. the $10,000 match or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I think of that. I think of that, that big stage um, that's back there. And I love, that's where they filmed the... Uh, Land of a Thousand Dances video. That's right. You know your Poughkeepsie history. I love it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of cool. I want to say, did I see Motley Crue there? No. Who the hell did I see there? Some band played there. I don't know who they were. I don't remember who it was. Sure. Hey. <laughs> Poughkeepsie memories. I don't remember who it was. But, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's a cool building. You know, it's got, it's got that atmosphere. It's, it's kind of like not a traditional like wrestling building. It's only like one-sided. Sure. You know, but, but it's uh, definitely cool. Definitely the history in there. I mean, I, didn't, did Randy Savage debut there too? He did, yes. Yep. <laughs> See, Terry Funk beat up Mel Phillips there, I think. I, I believe so. Yeah, a, a lot. A lot of history. <laughs> There's so I, much going I on. Know, I know, what is it, the, the Mid-Hudson Civic Center, no? 
That's it. Yep. Yeah. See her. See, I know it. I got it. <laughs> I don't know what I had for dinner tonight. But I'll, <laughs> but remember, remember, <laughs> I'll remember. There you go. And now I, I did mention at the top, you know, you were a triple crown champion. Now, let alone you made it, uh, you know, training for free, uh, working your way into the wrestling business. Did you ever think that you would be uh, a ECW World Heavyweight Champion, TV Champion, and a Tag Team Champion uh, when you entered w, uh, ECW? No, never even. I thought I would be the beat up guy, the Saturday morning job guy, and you know, be, being the size I was, I was cool with that. You know, sure. I, I was like, I was like taking bumps and selling. It's, it's one of the things that, you know, I, I always did really well. You know, my offense maybe not so much, not that great, but I could bump and sell. That's one thing I, I definitely knew I had down. And I just like taking bumps. I like making other people look good. I like just having good matches. I say for me to go out there with like Mr. Hughes. You know, and Taz and Kevin Sullivan and just bump and make them look good. And then to come back in the locker room and have them like, dude, that was fucking awesome. That was great. You know, it was like, for me, that was great. You know, I expected nothing else, you know, nothing more than that. It didn't go any further, but right place, right time, I guess. Definitely. Now, I mean, uh, what do you think about the fans at that time? Because I think, uh, if you will, I feel like the ECW fan base was more influential for what happened on ECW than it was really at that time almost with WWE or WCW to where, I don't know, I feel like when the fans spoke in ECW, uh, a lot of a lot of change happened, if you will, the, the, the original Yes movement, if you will. Uh, what did you think about the fans there? Because they were definitely... Not like WWE fans or before the whole attitude error, but uh, it was a different time, I guess. It was just, it was just, there was that third man in the room or something. It was just another element to the show. I, I love the fans of ECW. It's so weird because, like, the, the, the Philadelphia fans, they like to pride themselves on being smart. You know, and a lot of the ECW fans, they, they were, you know, smart. They kind of knew, they kind of knew the gig. You know, they. they 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 knew about kayfabe, you know, before the general population of the WWF and WWE, mm-hmm. but they still got into it. Like they were willing to to spend their disbelief and enjoy the show, and even the fact that you know we we even at times had them convinced it was real. <laughs> sometimes it, sometimes it was, but but they were. I mean, I don't I didn't get it myself as far as them liking me. Because if I was a wrestling fan and I came out, I would hate myself. Like, this guy sucks. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, it was funny, you know, and then to, you know, skip ahead a little bit to when I see with Mick Foley, for me to be the replacement for Terry Funk and and for it to actually work, Hmm. I said, you got, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) You know, you're going to, you're going to replace Terry Funk and it's going to be great. I'm going, are you kidding they will fucking kill me. They're going to hate them. <laughs> but, but we pulled it off. I mean, you know, with Paul Cactus and, 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 you know, Johnny and Teddy, I mean, they all figured it out mm. and that, it worked out great, but I would, I would hate it myself as a wrestling fan. No, sure. <laughs> uh, now, you know, the one greatest uh, thing about wrestling is all the, the wrestling moves. Uh, you were most notably uh, remembered for the whippersnapper uh, involving the uh, three quarter face lock jawbreaker, but which uh, was later also used by WWE Hall of Famer Stone Cold Steve Austin, and by calling it the Stone Cold Stunner. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? To where pretty much this was your move before any of that. Uh, any thoughts about uh, in, innovating that and just how it uh, took off over with Steve Austin? Did you guys ever talk about it at all, or was it one of those? He's we, just going to do it. 
we talked about it a little bit, and the funny thing is, he he got it from Michael Hayes. Michael Hayes said, "Hey, you know, you know, <laughs> here's this move, and you know, Steve did." And I got it from Jimmy Garvin. He came back on a WCW pay per view randomly with I think Michael Hayes was in a wheelchair. I think I think it was like that. But he he did it to Johnny B. Bad, and he called it the nine one one. And there was like no setup, no you know, no kick. No, nothing fancy about it. Mm. He kind of just, you know, grabbed the head, you know, the, the three-quarter headlock, as you call it, mm. and dropped to his ass. <laughs> very, very, you know, blah, for, for lack of a better term. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it was every time anybody saw it, too, so it's not like the move was over. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I said in my infinite wisdom, hey, that would be cool if I did it off the top rope. <laughs> <laughs> I, my ass would disagree. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I just I just was there, you know, and you know, Steve made millions of dollars with it. His was from the mat. Mine was off the top middle rope. Let's see, and we, who made out better with it? I didn't sure. say Steve. Like <laughs> A little bit better. <laughs> oh, there you but go. You know, it's funny. I was at the mall one time uh-huh. with my wife, and this guy came up to me in the mall, wanted to kick my ass was clearly be a pussy and shit like that because I didn't kick Steve Austin's ass, show up on Monday Night Raw to kick Steve's ass for stealing my move. <laughs> so I told Steve this, and Steve's response was, God, people are fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can curse or not. I no, that's, or, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that was a, it, it's, a, it's a running gag. You know, and then we did that, that one night stand show, uh-huh. and I had to do the... I had, to do, I had to do the whippersnapper to uh, was Guido or Super Crazy or both. I don't remember. But I remember Guido was like freaking out. No, we can't do that. We can't do that, Mike. I said, why? Because well, Steve Austin's on the show. I said, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So so Guido goes, you know, Steve, would it be okay if Mikey did the whippersnapper? And he goes, God damn it, Guido, I stole the fucking move from him. <laughs> so it was, it, was, it, was, it was pretty funny. So it's it's good stuff, but no, Steve's great. Awesome. Uh, now, uh, there was one story I, which I really don't know anything about, and maybe there isn't no story to it, and uh, you could tell us, but uh, I remember at the time watching everything at, at once, all at once, and I remember you popping on uh, WCW. Uh, was there any story about how you got to WCW and then maybe just uh, to, to, to leave there again? I don't I, – I never knew the story, so I apologize if, you, if you've been asked it so many times. Uh, anything about that? Well, as Randy Savage said, I had a cup of coffee in the big time. It was basically what it was, and the way I look at it was, it was a paid vacation, basically, because toward, towards the, the end of 98, my body was pretty wrecked. Yeah. It, was, it, it was, you know, from, from killing myself for like four or five years, so I was like, you know what, my body is just, sure, my, yeah. my body's revolting. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's you know, WCW is like, they had an easier schedule. They had an easier style, you know. So the offer came through. I took it. Paul said he couldn't match it, but I had to go. And I went. Stole the show with Billy Kidman at Uncensored in 99. Yeah, 99. And that was the end of me. Sure. <laughs> Easy enough. Was, uh... Uh, well, the problem, the problem was, that Virgil and Stevie Ray were battling for the NWO black and white. 
Now this this my this is where the NWO had gone. It had gone from Hall and Nash and Hogan, <laughs> the hottest, hottest faction in wrestling, yeah. to being fought over by Virgil and Stevie Ray. <laughs> so the, what I got from Jimmy Hart was told me that they were pissed because they had to follow my match with Kidman, and they buried me, and that was it. That was the end. Uh. Then I went to these random matches with like. So I was a heel with Kidman at Uncensored in, in March. Then I did an unadvertised, just random match at the Spring Stampede pay-per-view against Scotty Riggs as a, as a babyface. Mm. So it was like, this is so fucked up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, had, I had a couple matches, seven, eight matches there maybe for the time I was there, maybe more. But I remember I just threw a fit one day and I quit. And I called Taz said, I'm coming back. I'm gonna call Paul. I just can't fucking take it. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, that was it. Came back. So there it you... was what it was. It was a very nice. You know, it, it bought me a nice house. It was. It was nice. So I, hey. I can't really can't complain too much. Exactly. Perfect. My body <laughs> body healed up, and I got a couple more years out of it. Hey, all... that that year break. Definitely awesome. Uh, you know, uh, from the wrestler to, to trainer, uh, you've trained some uh, notable names in the world of wrestling. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but from Amazing Red, Kurt Hawkins, Tony Nese, Zack Ryder, uh, Jay Lethal, Trinity, uh, and the list goes on and on. I mean, uh, do you like being a trainer more than a wrestler, or is it just a little bit of both? Uh... I like the training part. As, well, at this point, <laughs> I like the training. <laughs> sure. I, don't, I don't do it too much anymore. Uh, but, yeah, just something about taking these kids when they come in about the business mm-hmm. and getting them to a point where they've, they've reached their goal, whether they're like Quiet Storm. He, his, his goal was always to go to Japan. Well, he's been in Japan for like, God, like almost 15 years now, living in Japan. Hmm. I, don't, I don't know if he's working for Zero One now or what he's doing now, but he's, he's been over there pretty much for like 15 years. You know, I had some other guys uh, who were just happy, you know, being a weekend warrior, working local indies on the weekends, you know, up to the Northeast or wherever they wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And I was happy for them. And then you had the other guys who, uh, you know, like like Zach Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, Lethal that that had desire to actually go somewhere and this is going to be their job hmm. and you know to help them on their way now, I, I'm not going to take too too much credit for it but you know to get them to the point where they had the skills they had the you know the background to get there you know and, and then you know once once they're there the rest is on them you know but it, it's just very rewarding for me just to see them you know basically be happy whatever 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 the path they wanted to go on and if, if i can get them on the path in the right direction and encourage them along the way that, i mean that's all i needed from from it but it's it's really cool just to see them you know take my kids for real not yet uh what were you thought about the ecw chants that still live on uh even years after ecw kind of went away uh just when in the arena when the fans are either getting bored or something to where they want to chant something they always went back to ecw uh any thoughts about just hearing ecw being chanted so many years later it's crazy because people chanting it out half the morning were born and really <laughs> knew what was going on <laughs> yeah. you know at that point but you know thanks to you hear it all the time Thanks to the WWE Network for nine ninety nine a month. 
you know, all, the, you know, all, all these kids, you know, can, can go back and kind of watch it from the beginning. You know, some of it doesn't really stand up so well, but we, you know, we, we, for, for better or for worse, we made the tables and the hardcore thing. We, we made it popular, hmm. you know? So to this, to this day now you bring a table, you get like an ECW chant. It's fading. It's not as prominent as it used to be, you know, 10 hmm. years ago. Yeah. And eventually it'll just, it'll just fade out altogether. But the fact that, you know, what is it now? 18, 19 years later, hmm. it, it's, it, it's, it's still there a little bit. Yeah. Great. I mean, it, you know, we, we left a mark. Definitely. Uh, you know, I, I wish I could talk to you all night, but one last thing, you know, uh, just a general question. I always ask, try to ask everybody, but uh, do you have any regrets in the wrestling business? Uh, was there ever anything maybe uh, that you want to do that you, you didn't get to do? Uh, Whether it's a feud maybe with somebody or just something. I don't know. I was just, I'm just curious if there's one thing that just lingered maybe in your wrestling career. I always wanted to wrestle but never got to Bret Hart or Randy Savage hmm. that I mean that would have been you know for me that would have been like fucking phenomenal <laughs> but no but re- regrets I mean, the big regret I have is when I would get hurt instead of being smart taking the time and healing all the way hmm. not coming back so so fast yeah. you know where you know especially my knees you know my, my knees are completely shot sure yeah so, it would have been better, you know, get the surgery and then just take the time off as opposed to not get the surgery, kind of rehab it. Ah, it's better to a point. Ah, it, it's nagging injury, but ah, it's okay. I'll just deal with it. You know, it, uh, not exactly the smartest thing, but back in the day, that was the attitude we had. You know, you, you, you wrestle or you, or you don't get paid. Mm. You know, and you, you're hardcore. You go out there and you wrestle. You know, you, you suck it up and deal with it. Or at least now, the, the, you know, the kids nowadays, at least, you know, they, they're smarter about it. Yep. You know, they get hurt. They ask, they ask you to wait till they're better to come back. You know, Definitely. That, that's what I'm at. It's just not, not being smart. Sure. You know, what, what I would get. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, Mikey Whipwreck, man, uh, we thank you so much for what you've done for the wrestling business. Uh, I'm a big fan. Thank you so much for your time out tonight. But where can the fans keep up with you? Is there anything coming up maybe where they can find you or just uh, social media links? Anything you want to uh, plug? I'll be doing uh, H2O. Uh, Matt Tremont's group in New Jersey on the 8th. And then let's see. Then I'm doing for the, the Crip Wrestling down in Fort Myers, Florida. I'm doing a seminar for them on the 22nd or 23rd, whatever that Saturday is. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's it. But I'm on Twitter, uh, Mikey Whipwreck, and then underscore at the end. Why I put the underscore at the end, I don't know. I probably because I'm just going weird. <laughs> I'm not verified. I'm not verified, so I don't know. If people know it's me or not, but it's it's definitely me, because I don't know who would want to pretend to be me. Like, I don't even want to be me half the time. And if I was going to pretend to be somebody, would you really pick me? You pick like Steve Austin or like The Rock or somebody like that, John Cena. You know, don't don't pick me. Oh, Mikey, thank you so much, man. But yeah, I appreciate. It. Oh, and I have a, a pro wrestling tease oh, yeah. uh, store, which would be really helpful because I'm looking at a couple surgeries coming up. So. Every every little bit of uh, extra moolah comes in handy, and I, I call everybody that buys a shirt too. Not to talking to me is the greatest thing in the world. Like you, you know, it took us a, you know two months <laughs> to work it out. But uh, if you want to talk to me, I can be quite funny and entertaining uh, if you want me to be. So 
Perfect. Uh, my, well, we'll put up all the links on our site too, Mikey. We'll let everybody know where they can find uh, your shirts and all that other stuff. So thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Hey, man, my pleasure. We'll do this again sometime. And uh, we'll, maybe we'll plan this uh, tonight for my next appearance <laughs> at Christmas time. <laughs> Perfect. For, all right, so we weren't even on last week. Yeah. But did you motherfuckers see that shit that Ricochet did last week in NXT? Superhero landing. Superhero landing. (laughs) Wait for it. (laughs) I've never seen shit like that before during a promo. (laughs) It was so insane because it's like... If you like, try, it's, it reminds you of like if you're trying to start a fight with somebody and they just fucking pull this fucking kung fu move or some shit and you're like, fuck, why did what I even fucking? What the fuck do you do after I know. that? Like... <laughs> His face, Velveteen's face was fucking priceless. That's exactly the reaction you need from that kind of shit. And honestly, I mean, I don't know as a person from gymnastics or anything like that or I. What are the chances for you to actually land at or how to land at? How do you calculate that in your fucking head? I don't. Anyway, that's just, it blows my mind. It's fucking awesome. And that shit right there hopefully gets him out of 205 Live when that oh. uh, moment happens. Yes, he'd be awesome in 205 Live, but man, like him, like Neville, where the fuck is Neville? But like, that's the kind of shit I want to see on the main fucking roster. Oh, unbelievable. Uh, Vince sees that. God damn, pal. It'll be a great fit at 205 Live. <laughs> All that flippy, flippy stuff. I'm waiting for the day where he blows a knee doing some shit like that live on TV. Yeah, I hope, uh, not. I hope yeah. not. But, I mean, some of that, some of this, I'm not wishing it on him. Believe me. I love the dude. I think he's an incredible athlete. It's like you're going to do for so much, right? I know. I'm like, I'm waiting for that day where, like, dude, it's amazing that you can do that. I think it's the coolest shit ever. But I really just worry about some of these dudes' safety and, <laughs> and, and, and some of the shit that could happen to them, man. There, there's a manager in Evolve Wrestling. I think he's... Probably one of the most underrated managers. The guy goes by the name of Stokely Hathaway. Um, he put out a tweet that I, I saw it one morning, and it just had me dying, and I just found it. It said, and this is what he tweeted, I tried that ricochet flip thing on my way to Dunkin' Donuts and ended up in the <laughs> hospital. <laughs> Someone started GoFundMe. I'll need at least 70K just to walk again. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's fantastic. Man, fucking, it could, but, uh, like that. I mean, it's just shit like that. It's totally different. He didn't have to do some fucking high-flying move or whatever. It was just that presence. And that's all I could think of is, like, Deadpool saying, wait for it. Look, he's going to la- he's gonna do the superhero landing. And it was just, <laughs> it just fucking worked. And I was like, oh, man, like, little shit like that. That's exactly why NXT is so much better sometimes than the main roster because – you don't need a constable when you have fucking guys doing this kind of shit on TV all and, the time. And you want to know something? Like Raw has been so terrible to watch these the past couple of Mondays. It's yes. it's been it's been a fucking chore. Like just to sit down on a Monday night and to devote three hours of my time when I get so frustrated. And I watch NXT, and and in my opinion, you have. It's like night and day watching NXT and watching Raw because you have, in my opinion, one of the best feuds right now. With Gargano and Ciampa, it it someone compared it to an old school blood feud, where it's just just this the storyline how they built it. It was a year in the making, and I, I am completely engaged in this. And even though we saw them wrestle back in April, 
it's not over. It's not one of those feuds where it's like, oh, great, they're wrestling again. No, I'm I'm excited to see these guys wrestling again because the story continues and I'm interested in it. And what they did this week, I mean, Ciampa was busted open on, on Wednesday night. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. This is the type of stuff. I think Vince needs to just kind of like watch NXT and see what the fuck they're doing. It really is such a simple formula. And, you know, I was like, I, I look at the roster and I'm like, damn. There's really not that much there, but there really is. If you look at what they're proposing for the Chicago card itself, between Nikki Cross and uh, Shayna Baszler, Credo's favorite, (laughs) who both have been putting on a good story. The Ricochet and Velveteen Dream story has been pretty cool. You have the Gargano and fucking Ciampa thing, and you're like, wow. I mean, the only shitty one really is the Aleister Black-Lars Sullivan feud, and I'm just like, "Uh, that's kind of going to be a shitty match. Maybe it won't be. I don't know. But the the card looks really cool. Yeah, man. It's amazing, though, when you look at these from NXT, 205 Live, Raw, SmackDown. It's just amazing where... Why don't they all? Why don't they all have the same meeting? So it's like creatively to where, okay, look at how awesome NXT is. How come we can't do that to the main roster? And it's not like you're making it so bizarre, or so crazy that it's not like quote unquote family friendly or whatever. It's just you know the storytelling in it to where it's amazing how it's like night and day. You know, like how is NXT so much better than fucking your main fucking product, uh, Raw or SmackDown? And because uh, Vince isn't backstage overseeing it, that's why. I know. I, it. I think time to leave, it man. Is, time to leave, Vince. And I, I think what it is when when you look at Vince and his vision, Vince is obsessed with entertainment. Mm. He's he's obsessed. He's more obsessed with entertainment than putting out quality matches. I mean, when when you say entertainment, you have a guy who's trying to win everybody in the arena free tacos. Like, and then you have Triple H, who's more obsessed with the wrestling aspect of the profession. And he goes out there and he has these guys put on great matches and then he has great storylines. I mean, and I, I have to say, like, there's been so many storylines from NXT that have just completely, like, took all my attention. Like, nothing on the main roster can compare to the storylines that Triple H puts time into it and i i invest more of my time into that so it's a big difference between your entertainment aspect and your professional wrestling i mean when you go to the main roster you, unfortunately you have to know how to entertain because that's what vince wants he wants entertainment he he, he looks at that more than professional wrestling and it's sad it really is but that's the reality guys I know, and I'm more entertained with the matches. That's the entertainment. Like, I stop thinking outside of the bubble where you have to make these guys dance, fucking put on tacos, and, you know, stupid shit like that to where I'm here, I'm a wrestling fan. I want to see wrestling. I'm entertained by that. I don't need them fucking dancing around circles and whatever. And, I mean, for one quick example, look at the Raw Tag Team Division. You have guys like the fucking Revival playing second fiddle to, like, Fucking all these, the fucking tag team division on Raw is a joke, uh, and it's like you're not even using guys how they should be used, and oh, it's it's frustrating as a fan watching it because it's like, what are you doing? Stop! Whatever your formula was ten years ago, whatever, it's totally it's not different. Working. I know, and it's like just hand the keys over to Triple H, go take a fucking yeah. vacation, go worry about the XFL because I honestly can't wait for that XFL to start up sooner because I hope that. Is the what brings Vince out of the out of wrestling because he has to focus more on that, and that's when we get like the reign of Triple H because, man, it can't happen sooner than it can't happen soon enough. It's terrible. Yeah. And, you know, whoa, Cougar whoa, whoa, whoa. brought up 
Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Let me ask you a question. You say it's not working. Maybe it is. I mean, every time a new contract comes up, they're getting paid more and more money. Just because we don't like it doesn't mean that it's not profitable for them. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a fucking business. Are they still pushing merch like crazy? Of course they are. They probably have a record number of subscribers at this point. I mean, the Fox deal itself, the fact that somebody was willing to pay that much for the B-show... Let alone what Raw's probably going to get when that comes up. Forget about it, bro. I mean, I'll tell you something right say now. We want, but at the end of the day, I mean, fuck, man. I think when Fox signed that deal to get the B show, I guarantee you they had no idea that Ronda and Brock are on Raw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, they just, and then they, they're going to find that shit out the hard way. Like, fuck. <laughs> um, I mean, when you talk about entertainment, the thing that was disappointing is to watch a dance contest with two women. It was, it was horrible. I mean, there was no twerking. There was no twerking. I wanted to see, if I was going to watch this horrible dance contest, I wanted to see some ass flapping. Now, I want to hear that slapping. Yes, you wanted like to see... I'm in a the, fucking strip club. You wanted to see the glow, we know. See the I glow. I want to see Lana. I think this is what happens when there is no real kind of competition because they have no fucking buddy. They have nothing to beat except for themselves. And unfortunately, it's just in-house competition now to where, like, you know, NXT, 205 Live are starting to step on uh, the, the top two main shows. So it'll be interesting to see, I guess, nonetheless, in the next few years, at least, uh, if anybody starts to, to take a leave, if you will, Vince, to, to the XFL pasture. And uh, we'll see if Triple H can rein it in, because I'm kind of... I, I can't imagine what Raw and SmackDown would look like under a Triple H reign of a creative. Uh, if, if NXT and 205 Live are starting to pick up steam like that, Oh, just don't, stop teasing me. I'm like, let me ask you guys. Get me there already. Get me there already. Here's an interesting question. Do you see any network ever offering WWE for NXT or 205 Live as a brand on their network? No, they they don't because they, they just don't. They they don't promote it enough. The 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 WWE is a juggernaut. I mean the developmental is well i don't really consider it developmental but like the usa network and like especially fox fox isn't gonna know what nxt is because it's hidden on the network those are for like the hardcore like passionate wrestling fans they're gonna look at the entertainment aspect which is WWE. that's what that's what they're looking for true but people love the the, the fact that if somebody offered them a small contract for one of these shows i could see that brand proving itself. I mean, look at all the stupid shit that they have on TV, athletic-wise. Look at, say, American Ninja Warrior, or, you know, stupid shit like that. So when you when I look at a product like 205 Live or NXT, where the action is a little bit more entertaining, as opposed to the storyline aspect of it, I could see somebody offering them money, because, you know what, people might check it out, and if they put on a good enough show on it, it might catch steam. You don't know. I mean, I think taking it off of the the network, putting it on like an actual major network, would be a mistake, in my opinion. Because one of the reasons why I have the network is simply for NXT. Yeah. And it's for two of five lives. So, my my nine ninety nine kind of dwindles down a little bit if you take that away. Don't you have uh, Hulu as well? No, I don't have Hulu anymore. Okay, because two of five live and NXT appear on that as well. And I believe the um, 
The pay-per-views for NXT do. No, the pay-per-views, they're, they're on the network. They only air the weekly shows uh-uh. on Hulu. They've aired <coughs> pay-per-views on Hulu. You sure? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They've aired them. Not the not like WWE in- pay-per-views, like just the NXT. Just the NXT ones. They, a couple of the takeovers have been on Hulu. Hmm. The most recent and maybe the one before it wasn't, or maybe the one before it was, I'm not sure. But I know the one for WrestleMania weekend wasn't, but prior ones have been on Hulu. I think that's stupid. They consider it an episode. I don't know. It's weird. That's dumb. I mean, why then? Why you know wait? Why pay the nine ninety nine to watch a takeover event when I could just watch it on Hulu? That's all right, guys. Uh, either way, that's another wrestling podcast this week. Stay tuned for next week, bitches. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. They think they got the answers. I change the question. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. These are the best in the world, brother. These are the best in what they do. When we talk about the legends of the sport, there's only two in my book. Another wrestling podcast. Another wrestling podcast. Now can you dig that, sucker? <laughs>